the Emmy-nominated HBO original series, A Black Lady Sketch Show, is back. Don't miss an all-new season of your favorite characters on the hilarious sketch comedy series featuring creator Robin Thede, Ashley Nicole Black, Gabriel Dennis, Lacey Mosley, Sky Townsend, and tons of celebrity guests. And to get you ready, we are giving away Eden Body Works gift cards to celebrate the premiere. A Black Lady Sketch Show returns Friday, April 23rd at 11 p.m. on HBO and is streaming on HBO Max. Yes, you're on the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Back for our most anticipated <laughs> episode of the year, Shelby. It's yes. been a long time coming. It's been more than a year time coming. It's It's been a long time coming. So it'll be interesting to dive into some of these movies I've honestly, like, literally forgotten about. But... What a time. What an honored tradition. I'm glad to be here for our third annual um, movie ranking <laughs> review. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, but mm. before we get into all of the nitty gritty with that, yeah. we did receive an email, oh. which was very nice. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's sort of long, but <laughs> basically the gist of it is that this girl named Abigail who listens to our podcast is friends with a big fan of the podcast named Luke and wrote in very sweetly and wanted us to wish him happy birthday because his birthday is April 23rd. So we just wanted to say happy birthday. Happy birthday. What an exciting time. He's really been a a valued listener of PS You're Wrong. I think mostly because he tends to side with, um, you know, the right opinion, aka mine on almost any okay. given episode. Okay. So. Okay. You know, I never <laughs> really liked him that Luke. much anyways. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, honestly, what the world doesn't know is um, Luke uh, really inspired me to make our merch, to create our merch, to put in the effort and the time and the work to to honor our podcast with uh, physical items to share our love. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, um, our merch is in honor of, of Luke's faith in us his his undying <laughs> support really he's believed in my merch and um and i'm glad that i was able that's, to make that dream come true. that's very sweet of you because i'm not even sure i believe in your merch so <laughs> really I'm, I'm glad that no it's the two does. of you together no i no it's exciting we're always thrilled when we get emails and and the idea that we have you know tenured listeners that's really sweet it's nice to know that we have <laughs> fans can we call our fans yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, shall we calm down? <laughs> calm down. We haven't even gotten to the craziest parts of this episode okay, yet. Okay. Um, I will say that I have yet to purchase the merch because yeah. I keep forgetting, hey, but it <laughs> is in the store and it does look very good. And I will be buying one of those hats because yeah. it's fun. You know, it's it's pretty. Um, Did you? It's get pretty some? sought after. Well, I ordered a yet to be released shirt just to make sure the quality is oh. up to snuff and. 
it's missing. It was marked as delivered, <laughs> but someone stole it, I guess. They saw the PS on the, uh, they opened it. They All saw the fans it. They're like, in, wow. In the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So someone has this really, you know, like limited edition t-shirt out in the world and it's not me and and that's offensive but i'm happy for them and maybe we got one more listener out of that so if you are listening to this whoever stole that package like (laughs) honestly um i hope you enjoy your time with us i'm not mad but i'd really appreciate knowing if it turned out okay you know i just need to know if the quality worked are you getting a replacement no, I. The problem is that what? since it was marked as delivered, that the print shop is like, well, how do we know you're not lying? <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's fine. You know, we don't have to get okay. into the nitty gritty of our of our relationship um, with, with the print the, shop. With the print shop. <laughs> but new merch will be coming. But there is a there is some op- there are still some options available. Um, you can find it at psurong.square.site. The link is also in our episode notes. But if you have uh, fans of the pod and you're wondering what to give them for their birthday, I mean, that's that's an option right there. So sorry we didn't get it in time for Luke. I mean, or mostly what you could do is just head down to Shelby's building, just sort <laughs> yeah. of squat out front and then steal things yeah. that she orders. <laughs> exactly. And chances are it's a PS. And it's really honestly like the things I order samples of are the ones I'm not sure will actually turn out like if my vision can translate. And so mm. they're probably not great, but in a different sense that probably makes them the greatest of them all. So Mm-hmm. Yes, the sweatpants with our face on <laughs> Yeah, <them>. exactly. <laughs> Which people have been clamoring for. That's yeah. what they want. Yeah, so I'm excited for that new merch line to come out. It'll probably be part of our patreon release which um hopefully people are excited about i think it'll be fun to be able to do more deep divey style episodes on different sort of things that we talk about on this uh, on this show but never get to really dig into such as matt's obsession with (laughs) frankie um we really need to unpack that Uh, at some point i you know that's gonna be a big money draw (laughs) i think a lot of people are gonna sign up for our patreon just so they can listen to me go into the full filmography of frankie muna wow yeah the people are clamoring Um, yeah no but uh, that'll be forthcoming too so exciting times on the psu wrong podcast so and even more exciting i would say is our annual <laughs> film ranking so should we get into this shelby yes it's gonna be long let's it's gonna do be wild. it it's a slog and a half but i'm excited <laughs> okay so for those of you who have not listened to our previous two versions of this i mean why, why not you should go life? back but basically what happens is throughout the year shelby and i are keeping lists of every movie that we've seen we are ranking them then Come the end of the year, the week before the Oscars, Shelby sends me her list. I <laughs> average out the scores between the two and do some very complex yes, math, which I'll yes. explain in a second. And so we have a combined ranking for the podcast of the movies that we saw. And then Shelby doesn't know what the order is. I do. We go through them one by one, starting with the worst movie of the year, going to the best movie of the year, and inevitably there'll be lots of controversy (laughs) in the mix. However, I should say, for this year, 
because of the weird Oscar eligibility rule, we are going with the same films that would be eligible for this year's Oscars. So that's anything that came out between January 1st, 2020 and March 1st, 2021. (laughs) So you have an extra two months in there. Also, a second caveat, Shelby decided to have a baby and not watch that many movies this year. (laughs) And so my list was blame the baby. Yeah. 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 Well, so how many movies did you see? Like, like 54. Okay. And I saw not, I saw 90. Yeah. So (laughs) to prevent the episode from having just lots of me talking about movies that Shelby hasn't seen, I went through and trimmed my list down to a tight 69 uh, (laughs) films. And so I got rid of some like documentaries, some foreign films, things. If you want to see my full list, you know, like you can shoot me an email. I'll send it to you. (laughs) But I'll be working off an abbreviated list that's mostly things that Shelby has seen or that I just wanted to talk about more. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. I mean, the real the real highlight of this episode is the fact that we prove to um our teachers everywhere that you really do use math at least once in your life in a meaningful way. And, and Matt's um, mathematical approach to this ranking is always something I just delight in. (laughs) Yes. So there's very complex math going on here. If so, every movie gets a score. So basically whatever Shelby ranks it plus whatever I rank it is the score. So if Shelby ranks a movie first, I rank the movie 10th. That's 11 points. And basically you want to have the lowest number of points possible. So the movie with the most points is the worst movie. The movie with the least points is the best movie mm-hmm. for the two of us. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. where it gets tricky is that there are a lot of movies that only one of us have seen. Mm-hmm. And so in order to take that into effect what i have done is gone through and averaged out the difference between shelby and i's score on all the movies that we both saw this year and the difference between our scores the average this year was 16 points so for most movies we varied by that amount so if only one of us has seen the movie that score gets doubled, and then I add 16 extra points to it. Does that really make that much sense? Who wait, knows? Wait, wait. But that's I, how it I works. honestly forgot that's how it works. So has our yes. taste been getting been getting closer together or further apart through our years I, together? So the first year it was we had the 24 point difference. Oh, wow. okay. Last year was 22, so we oh, got better. Wow. And this year is 16. However, last year I think there was a hundred and like right. 16 movies on the list where this year there's only there's 78 movies oh wow about. okay so i think that our i think honestly our taste has gotten more varied this year because mm, there are so many wild swings on this list from <laughs> you and from myself that this is it's going to be a bloodbath i'm excited yeah. to see the carnage but yeah. yes that's how the math works any other questions Shelby before we get into well it? not a question but really oh, just okay. a heads up I mean I know like every year we start this episode to being like oh my gosh garbage like so much of this list is garbage like oh it's a race to the bottom type thing this year it might be like true <laughs> like I feel like I hated almost everything I saw so it really was just like oh a slog and a half down there but I feel like you feel differently and that will be interesting to see you try and justify some of these films. That no, I think, trash. I think, 
I think that there's a lot of bad ones. And honestly, a lot of the things that I sort of did like more were towards the top of my list. And those things got cut because they were, you know, like weird Mm, documentaries mm, and mm, things mm, that mm, you hadn't seen. So I do think that this is a rough, uh, a rough go. Mank is on the list. So we'll get to that. I just want to start by looking back at last year's list quickly at the top 10 to see how we feel about our top 10 films of last year sort of looking back okay yeah starting from 10 we have the farewell avengers endgame waves jojo rabbit Mm. ad astra little women marriage story book smart parasite and 1917 oh wow i forgot what it was to have like good movies <laughs> i know aren't those all like ugh, i just I wish i could watch, watch them again yeah like right now uh, that's the thing that i felt stood out to me as i was forced to make this ranking is like i would give up this entire list for like the bottom half of last year's list list i feel like like I oh just, yeah they're just even the things that i liked this year the first first of the matter is i only like loved like five movies <laughs> But the rest of it was just like we were we were pulling from things we usually don't count like Netflix and like these TV movies and all sorts of stuff. And it's just it's it'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at the list and I feel like it's probably like around the 20 that we get to (laughs) actual good stuff. So there's a lot of bad stuff at the bottom of this list. So let's just dive in, shall we? Let's dive in. Okay. So because of the weird additional point thing, the bottom of these lists are always movies that only one of us saw and were really bad. And since I saw a lot more movies than Shelby did this year, even with the abbreviated (laughs) list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll get to those. But coming in at a dead last in 78th spot, we have. The horror film The Lodge, which I don't know. <laughs> you did not see this, Shelby, but... No, I heard about it. This was like the babysitter, like, goes to her, her boyfriend's... Or her husband? I can't even her remember. Boyfriend. Like, they're like snowy cabin or whatever, and the boyfriend's children sort of, like, wreak havoc on her. It was supposed to be very artsy. It was terrible. I hated it so much. <laughs> I ranked it 68th out of 69, oh, and wow. you didn't see it. So yeah. it's at the bottom. R.I.P. Uh, right above that, we have Artemis Fowl, which was also <laughs> terrible. And I think I talked about it at some point. I love the you book. Did, yeah. Movie bad. Right above that was Fantasy Island, another <laughs> bad horror movie from the before COVID era. A lot of these before COVID. But I feel were like you saw that. Also not great. Did you see that in theaters or did you watch it yeah. like early COVID? No, I saw that in oh, theaters. Wow. Okay, yeah. Wow. It's been a long year. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, it's like. Fantasy Island feels like a different lifetime yeah. than like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. <sighs> In number 75, we have Hillbilly Elegy, oh, yeah. which was also horrific. And yeah. you're lucky that you didn't have to oh, sit through that. it was a that. choice. Yeah. Were you, I think that was while you were on maternity leave. Yeah, but I could we come back. That. I mean, I proved yeah, that with Wonder true. Woman. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number 74 is The Last Thing He Wanted. Can, do you even know what that movie is? The Last Thing He Wanted? No, I don't even remember seeing that on your list. That is the weird Anne Hathaway Netflix movie where she's like a journalist that came out what? Like last January. I don't it remember so that bad. at all. It's so bad. She goes to like Havana or someplace. She's in, I want to say oh, Cuba. I do have a vague memory of this trailer. Okay. Yeah, Anne not Hathaway. great. Cool. Number 73, we have Rebecca, the adaption <laughs> with 
cannibal, cannibal army hammer. Ar- yikes. Also not great. Yeah. Number 72 is Malcolm and Marie, the weird black and white Zendaya movie Justice that is about race, Zendaya. but written by a white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not great. Number 71, we have the United States versus Billie Holiday. Oh, wow. Which Hater. was a very well acted movie, but was very long and very depressing. So honestly, <laughs> it probably should be higher, but it was like, ugh, yeah. not a fun set. Yeah, I feel that. Okay. And now we come to number 70, the movie that both you and I ranked dead last, <laughs> The Wrong Missy. Oh, I love when we agree. That's so I know. That's so hopeful that we both saw trash and we were able to identify it. That truly is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it could it's probably at least bottom 10 if not like fighting for the bottom of of the entire every movie i've seen in my entire life (laughs) i've seen a lot of bad movies but that one really stands out for an unfortunate amount of reasons you Mm -hmm. know similarly thunder force um my brother texted (laughs) me and was like this movie's so funny and i was i couldn't respond like i couldn't even get the energy to respond to how little i thought of thunder force but I haven't had anyone tell me Wrong Missy was good. So I feel like that's an accepted truth. I, I'll be excited to see where Thunder Force lands on <laughs> next year's rankings. But yes, the Wrong Missy was, it was just so like uncomfortably cringy. Like it wasn't even just bad. It was like actively difficult to watch. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Everything about it just made me question why people make movies. It was just like, wow, if this is what we can pull off, like, is it worth it anymore? Mm-hmm. Maybe movie theaters should close. <laughs> yeah. In number 69, we have another of my pre-COVID horror movies, The Turning. Mm, yes. Which was the Finn Wolfhard, also Creepy terrorizing children. a nanny yeah. movie. Yeah, there was a lot of those this year. Um, yeah, not great. And at number 68, we have a movie that you saw that I didn't see. I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, yeah. That's the... It's based on a novel. It's um, It starred... Um, dang it. I always get him confused with the other blonde dude. Um, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. And it's just like a weird art horror film. It didn't work for me. It took a really weird turn in the final act that was very different from the book and kind of ruined the whole thing. But even before that, it was just like very slow and sloggy and boring, even with Tony Collette. So <laughs> that's how you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. You know it's better if it has Tony Collette in it, and I'm like, yeah, I don't even need to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, another movie you didn't need to see, number 67, is The Way Back, which is Ben <laughs> Affleck goes, is an alcoholic but teaches basketball. <laughs> I, you know, that was an early pandemic watch. Yeah. That was like, I'm trapped in my room. Eh. <laughs> and And also... Remember back in early COVID days where people were like, no more movies are coming out this year. Every <laughs> Everything that's nominated going to be nominated for the Oscars yeah. is stuff that's out now. And it was like Ben Affleck could win the best actor <laughs> Oscar for the way back. So I was like, yeah. got to watch it. Yeah. Embarrassing sorry for, for me. That. <laughs> that poor choice. Mm. Uh, number 66, we have Project Power. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's also one that I I literally you had to remind me last night that we saw that like I, I literally forgot it in my rankings. I forgot to list it. I didn't even consider it. It was so far from my memory. But it's a movie we saw and we did a whole episode on and so you can definitely listen to that if you want to hear why we hated it. But 
I guess the only word that really matters is electric shrimp or whatever it is. <laughs> oh yeah, the pis- pistol, <laughs> yeah, pistol, the pistol shrimp. shrimp. Yeah, what a power! So stupid, <laughs> so stupid. The guy who turns into a dragon and with that big saggy neck, yeah. terrible. That movie sucked. Ugh. Uh, number sixty-five. A movie that is better than Project Power is <laughs> "I Still Believe," the KJ Apa Christian <laughs> singer wife dies of cancer movie. Yeah, did which it make you cry. It did not, but I will say the fact that it is above like 10 other, more than 10 other movies on this list just speaks to how bad this year was. (laughs) It really does. Yeah. At number 64, another movie that you didn't see is Scoob, the (laughs) Scooby-Doo animated movie. I had a lot of hope for that and it was not good. Yeah, that's Uh, too bad. (laughs) Disappointing. Um, Number 63, you saw I didn't to all the boys. P.S. I still love you. Yeah. Which one is this? This is, is the this second one? one. So it's the middle one. It's the love triangle one. And it was just unfun to watch because her boyfriend turns into this jealous, possessive, like, Bleh. and it's all sorts of toxic. And she should have chosen John Ambrose, who was hot and and nice and respectful and played music and knew how to dance. It was not just some dumb jock who keeps hanging out with his ex-girlfriend even though it makes his current girlfriend uncomfortable so just another netflix movie that that shows kids uh that romanticizes toxic relationships for children so Mm, fun yeah uh number 62 we have the you have to spend 30 dollars just to see it disney's mulan (laughs) yeah (laughs) which you have at 46 i have at 60 I know, and that might seem high out of my 56, but it's not. It's still just, they're all just so bad at this point. The thing that saved Mulan is I remember I remember at the beginning feeling really optimistic because there was some sort of scene with her father that I felt was really moving and beautiful. And then it just devolved from there very quickly into a, into a hot mess, which we also covered on this podcast. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these are we only saw yeah. because we covered them for the podcast and there was nothing else that came out that week. Yeah. Uh, exhibit B, n- our number 61 film, New Mutants. Oh, yeah. The, where did Remember you rank people this? Were like, I, we, you have this at 53 and I have it at 52. Oh, okay. So okay. we were very in sync on well, New I mean, Mutants. but you saw mo- more movies, so you still had it higher than me. Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. <laughs> was it the the um it was the russian accent yeah the russian accent or the uh what was her surprise superpower in the end that she had like an axe arm or something no she could turn into a wolf no that's or or that was the main girl main girl that's Maisie. oh no yeah she had a a sword arm yeah was (laughs) anya taylor joy had a sword arm (laughs) oh what could have been if only what could have been number sixty is the Midnight Sky, mm, yeah, uh, the George Clooney outer space movie that I saw that you didn't see, but you read the book, yeah, but you, and you were like, I, I'm I not watching not this movie. Be bothered to watch that movie once I heard what they did to that book because it really is a beautiful book and it and it really moved me in the beginning of the pandemic. So I recommend the book. <laughs> okay, well, glowing. <laughs> Number 59, we have Greyhound, which you have yes. at 45, I have at 55. Oh, okay, yeah. See, that that feels more like we have it at the same spot, because my family loves this movie, and I just found it so boring. 
<laughs> and I don't know what it is about Tom Hanks. It's like, is he overrated at this point? Maybe. Uh, this movie makes a strong case for yes. I don't think that Tom Hanks is overrated, but I think this script and whatever was going on in this movie was just so boring. It's about <laughs> a ship trying to cross the Atlantic Ocean against a bunch of submarines. And even though it's only <laughs> 90 minutes, it's just all like... Tom Hanks in a I don't even know like the control room of some yeah. ship like steering the ship I don't know it just it was very repetitive and there wasn't yeah. a lot going on and there wasn't much emotional like heft to it <laughs> yeah so. it was like battleship but make it Oscar bait you know it's right. just mm-hmm. it was all they were pretending it was high stakes and like tense but it's all like I don't know you're just watching sad white dudes on boats you know it's just like okay <laughs> and it was nominated for an Oscar for yeah sound (laughs) good for them Hmm. okay this is shocking that this has managed to claw its way up this high but the prom (laughs) is our number 58 film (laughs) that tells us what this year was so what was it for you it was 51 for me it was 48 yeah i i it bounced a little higher than you know project power because i liked nicole kidman's song in it i thought that was funny (laughs) Oh, give them the zazz or whatever. (laughs) There is like two songs from this that are catchy enough that I've listened to them on Spotify. (laughs) So I'll give it a point for that. Wow. Like -hmm. from the movie, not like when you saw the musical. Uh, No, but I'm listening to the musical soundtrack, not the movie soundtrack. Interesting. Yeah, no, I... But I was sort of like, oh, I remember. Like this song has got a little Wait, so which song? (laughs) It's the like, ask them to the prom song. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but it's like yeah. it's the one with all the promposals in it. Right. It's it's fun. It's upbeat. <laughs> it's whatever. It has the word Shelby in it. I know. Some, the one of the races. girls is named Shelby. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I feel like rightfully one spot higher than the prom is Anne Hathaway's The Witches. Interesting, which yeah. You had it fifty two, I had it forty six. Yeah, I mean your love of Anne Hathaway just blinds you to almost anything she does. I I think when I watched this, like I was trying to remember, because this was another one I left off on accident. Um, I was trying to remember like how I felt about it on our podcast. And I feel like I was more gentle with it, but time has only soured my opinion of this movie. So it's really just bad. <laughs> also, there was, I think there was a lot of controversy around this oh, movie yeah. that came out after we recorded yes. the podcast episode for it. So that also had tainted my yeah. vision of it yeah. since then. Yeah. Hmm. Yikes. Um, okay, number 56 is a movie. I don't even know what this is. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Oh, yeah. This is another one of those teen... Uh, it's basically like a teenager's Palm Springs. So it's the idea is this boy has been living in a time loop of the same day over and over, Groundhog Day style. And then one day he realizes he's not the only one in a loop. And he, he meets this girl and they and he's trying to get with her. And she's like being all like... I don't know. It's like, well, mysterious and dark and brooding. It was like there were parts that were cute and fun and nice, but altogether it was kind of forgettable. And Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, it was kind of like, meh. It's just an Amazon Prime movie. And it was, yeah, that's just how I felt about it. It's just like, meh. (laughs) Uh, In number 55, we have another movie that I haven't seen. Hashtag Alive. Oh, yeah. This is a Korean um, zombie movie, which I love Ooh. Train to Busan. I think that's one of the best films in the zombie genre. This one is a little more kitschy. It's like a guy who's 
who's like one of the last to survive in his apartment complex. And it's sort of him trying to find the will to survive because he thinks his family's still alive out there. But he like ends up meeting another survivor and they have to like figure out a way out of the apartment complex. So it's all kind of like contained um, and not as zombie rific, but it was like, it was like fun, but ultimately kind of fizzled by the end and was too like neat and perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you like zombie movies, it wasn't bad. You know, I can name worse zombie movies. Yeah. In number 54, I have All the Bright Places, which mm. you did not see. Yeah. And I ranked 38th. And I feel like similarly about that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought that the acting was good. It's very sad. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it was a Netflix teenage uh, romance movie. So there's. I feel like there's only so much you can do with it, I even know. if it is. I love nice. the book. And I kept meaning to watch the movie. But I think I just knew it was sad. And I didn't. I couldn't find the energy during quarantine in this last year to like will myself to sit through that <laughs> willingly. I I also read the book and liked the book too. And I feel like the movie does a good job. Like it's a good book to film adaptation. Yeah. But yes, yeah. if you are already sort of in a depressive mode <laughs> because you've been locked in an apartment for several months, maybe not the best movie to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Number 53, we have Jared Leto and his limp in (laughs) The Little Things, which you ranked 49 and I ranked 43. Yeah, there's really not much to say on this. It is so boring and pretentious and just annoying. And I cannot believe it's nominated for any Oscars, let alone major categories. I don't think it is. Wait, I thought Jared Leto. Did they No, he did not. No, he did not get an Oscar nomination. (laughs) Golden Globe nominee, I guess. Yes, he did get a Golden Globe. Okay, well, I guess the Oscars are proving they're a little bit better than mm-hmm. I remembered them to be. So, Number 52, we have The Hunt, the <laughs> weird horror movie with uh, Emma Roberts and a bunch of other people. You Emma Roberts, you, why do you always lead with Emma Roberts? She's in this movie for four minutes. Like, Yeah, but isn't she the biggest <laughs> star probably in the movie? I don't, I mean, no, you have um, Hillary, Hillary Swank, Swank, I guess. That's a more prominent feature in the film. I guess. But Emma <laughs> Roberts was very prominent in the promotional material, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Betty Betty Gilpin. Yes. Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. You loved it in a dumb way. But I yes. guess you put it where it belongs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I dragged it up a little bit. This is going to be, I think, shocking to people, including maybe yourself. That next up at 51, we have... My beloved Hubie Halloween. Oh, nice. Which you really hated putting it at 55, but I only put it at 30. So, I mean, <laughs> I I love it, but I oh recognize that it's not like as yeah. amazing of a film as some other things on this list. It's more of just a good time and a fun Halloween atmosphere. Oh, my gosh. Movie. Yeah. Honestly, just thunder force all my reasons for hating that is the same reasons i hate hubie halloween is so much better than thunder force that's uh, rude to even put them in the same category it's the same idea it's these comedians who just think <laughs> yeah we know you hate comedians shelby we've got that yeah. that's a through line on the podcast shelby doesn't <laughs> like comedians okay next up number 50 cracking the top 50 wow we've gotten here really fast because faster than normal um <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. You have it 44, I have it 39. Yeah. This is one I literally couldn't remember if it was, like, how much I hated it. Because this was one of the last movie theater ones we did. 
Yeah. And so I was optimistic about better things to come. But I think ultimately, push come to shove, I'd rewatch Sonic over most of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Sonic was fun, I thought. Like, was it groundbreaking? No, but it, it was a good time to watch on a Saturday morning. I like remember there was a fun slow-mo sequence and that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I still feel comfortable with where I put it at 44. So it's okay. I, I think now we're getting into some territory of uh, where you and I disagreed a lot. Yeah. We've sort of like left the worst of the bit behind. At number 49, we have the Kristen Stewart movie Underwater, <laughs> yeah. which you ranked it 20 and I ranked it 62. Yeah. What Why about did you it? like this movie? <laughs> I remember, so this is like the the monster movie, but like underwater. And so it's yes. Kristen Stewart, she's title. like in some sort of, you know, mining apparatus. They got to get like across underwater. under the yeah. water without being eaten by a fish. And so or it's whatever. sort of like, it, it sort of has like Cloverfield vibes, but it's not handheld. That's generous. And I don't know. I, I mean, it was one I saw in theaters. It was a lot of fun in theaters. It was kind of like jumpy, but obviously it hits all the all the right it notes. It was so dark. I couldn't see anything. Well, that's the your entire theater's movie, I was like, what fault. Is that? I hope you bring up this same complaint for freaking Tenet, but whatever. The <laughs> point is I rewatched it and it's still like, like I, I introduced my siblings to it and they had fun and it was like a fun time and I respect that. And I also felt like she was really charismatic to watch and she carried the film well and so is it the perfect movie no but it's a good monster movie and so i stand by that (laughs) even more shocking for me at number 58 which i ranked 58th (laughs) is wonder woman 1984 which i thought we both hated but you ranked it 21 where did that come from shelby this was so bad and so long it It was a terrible movie bad but here's the problem first of all all the movies we saw this year basically were bad second of all there are three very specific scenes in this movie that i truly did love and that was the opening scene on um Oh, the obstacle the mascara. Course. Yeah. It was the scene when she steals the jet. I thought that was delightful. And then when she says goodbye to Chris Pine again and learns to fly, it really did like move me to tears. And I will not be shamed for this. So is it a trash movie? Yes. But there are gems in it that make it better but than no. previous films. No. I would no. rewatch. I mean, I did rewatch those scenes multiple times yeah. while it was still yes. free on HBO. But here's the thing. Like, The Hunt is a, like, tight 90, like, fun romp. Wonder Woman was two and a half hours, and for three scenes, it was a lot of crap. Remember all the Pedro Pascal, know, like, having to touch people and get them to make wishes? I like, know. But, counter-argument, Chris Pine... <laughs> Chris Pine is not attractive enough to warrant it <laughs> this high in the rankings. I'm sorry. I I understood that this would be controversial, and my own Rob even doubted my placement. But yeah, it just felt like listeners. Wonder Woman '84 for as bad as it was. It lifted my spirits in the time of Corona, and I have to honor that truth. <laughs> Okay, bizarre. At number 47, we have our first Best Picture nominee, mm. Mank, which oh, Shelby well, did not see. Yeah, um, I thought about so it. You, I, I thought about no it to opinion, honor you, Shelby. but 
I couldn't bring myself to. I saw the black and you, white still of Scarlet. Chubby, you're going to have to watch them. it before next week. What if it wins Best Picture? No, huh? I At refuse. The Oscars. It I could refuse. happen. Hmm. We have a whole episode on this. It was very convoluted. I talked to my <laughs> friend Josh about it. Um, not great. I ranked it 31. The movie you ranked 31, which I did not see, is Disclosure. Yeah, this is the documentary Thoughts? about um, transgender uh, portrayals in the media. It's not a great documentary. Like, that's just a fact. It's very much focused on getting a lot of information out there to people who have never considered it. And for that reason, it was very interesting. And I think um, it really did make me rethink some films, some ways we've portrayed both transgender and gender fluid people in films. So it was definitely like eye opening. And that's it. (laughs) Speaking of documentaries that weren't great, we have another bold choice from Shelby here. Yeah. Which is Miss Americana, oh, the yeah. Taylor Swift documentary, which you ranked 13th of <laughs> all that the perfect? films that we saw this year. <laughs> and I ranked it 61. This Aww. was not a good movie. It was opinion. Taylor Swift like opinion. concert propaganda. Well, first of all, it's not concert propaganda. It barely featured a concert. She didn't even have it a was... lover tour, so it wasn't like okay. con- she Whatever. already has concert propaganda. And she it's was called performing. the Reputation Stadium tour okay. on Netflix, okay. and I'm featured it in it at the hour and four minute mark. <laughs> if you want to go check it out, <laughs> I actually think that timestamp is wrong. So don't don't don't. Oh, okay, Shelby, <laughs> you're gonna plug your. I think it's more like an hour forty one. I think it's an hour forty one. It's right before she sings through the whole. It's right before she sings um, uh, New Year's Day. So (laughs) look for me there. But and this is another controversial one, according to my husband and my sister. I just I've rewatched it multiple times, and I I find great value in the things that she has learned. Admittedly, at a late age. That's that's true. She's a very privileged person, and it's it's sort of embarrassing that it took her this long to figure things out. But as a woman who had to go through my own journey of, you know, unpacking the misogyny in my life and my mind, I really like admired getting to see some of that play out in real time. And I think ultimately this is a list of my favorite films of the year, and you can't rob me of that, you know. <laughs> I've rewatched Miss Americana multiple times with great joy. It's it's what I downloaded to watch at the hospital as I <laughs> delivered my my oh child. Oh my to gosh, the world. Shelby! No, no, that's oh my gosh. I didn't poor, get around to Penny. it, but oh, it was goodness. there as my option. Can you imagine if she'd come out into the world? It's not you don't download Miss movies Americana. to play as you're pushing a child out. I don't know, it's, Shelby. It's to I pass haven't the done time. it. You know, uh, it's <laughs> I wasn't gonna have this... to project that as I was pushing, but <laughs> Miss Americana is fully like. A Taylor Swift directed PR move. 100%. Like I wanted a, I wanted a documentary that was it, you know, doing like saying something impartial that wasn't Taylor Swift gave somebody directives of like these are the ten things that storylines I mean, that I need I to think get that's out to the robbing world. a little bit of the authenticity uh, in the film. Like uh, and you can't you could say the same exact thing about Beyonce's um Dang it. What's it called? Homecoming? Yeah, Homecoming. Well, that's a concert film. Well, oh, okay. Because last year you made us count it as a documentary, well, good I sir. I mean, it was. <laughs> but so also, what's the truth, Matt? Honestly. But, but like Beyonce in Homecoming isn't like, I need to rehab my image. Here's some things that you I, didn't know I about I think me. you're misinterpreting 
Taylor at this point didn't need to rehab her image. She had just come Taylor off of the highest grossing to tour of all time and had another like album hit number one in and break records across the board. So it wasn't a rehab. It was just, yeah, but, it, if but anything, people- it was to try and humanize her in a way that yeah, she hadn't well, allowed for a long time. The thing is with Taylor Swift is that lots of people don't like Taylor Swift. And yes. I think... Taylor Swift doesn't like that fact. And so she's trying to make people like her through various methods, which I... Which you know, it worked. I mean, this is, this is certified yeah. fresh. And actually, it just won the Rotten Tomatoes Golden Tomato Award for Fan Favorite Movie of 2020. So... Okay. <laughs> did okay. your uh, favorite... Fan- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Swifties are a menace to society. Okay. Number 44. I'm glad that this movie beat Mrs. Miss Americana is Extraction, the Netflix action movie with the great Chris Hemsworth. Some most would say the best Chris. Uh, you have it at thirty nine. I have it at thirty four. Yeah, this was a, a blessing. It was okay. This is that's what we needed in the pandemic. That's something I have rewatched. Is some of those scenes in Extraction. Uh, yeah. Uh, number 43, we got another Netflix movie. It's Millie Bobby Brown in Enola Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you we rank it? We did an episode it? on this. I have it at 41. Oh, you have okay. it at 32. Yeah, so pretty similar. It so was fine. It was fun. Mm-hmm. She she does a lot better in these roles than I think she does in the like, I'm upset and I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she was having a good time and I, I enjoyed that for her. At number 42, we have Barb and Star <laughs> go to Vista Del Mar, which you didn't see, unfortunately, but <laughs> was very funny and probably will fall into your, this is just comedians. <laughs> Probably. argument but 100%. i enjoyed but jamie dornan's not a comedian he's just an actor and a hot person it's not about comedians being actors it's about comedians writing their own material and then thinking they're funny enough to pull off the dumbest stuff well i mean but in this movie they really were <laughs> it's so dumb but it's so funny happy for you I'm sort of shocked that this next one made it as high as it did. But at number 41, we have The Lovebirds, yeah. the Issa Rae, Camille Nanjani comedy, which you have at 38 and I have at 33. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I still hate everything at the 38 mark. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not like saying anything. I do think like this is the point where my list starts to turn from absolute hatred to uh, if we must and then slowly gets to, well, I like that. So mm-hmm. this is a turning point, but yeah, it wasn't a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they yeah, were. I, would, I think I would agree. You know, yeah, it was. It was. It was a good time. Yeah, like the scene at the diner. They were. They were magnetic. It was. It was fun to yes. see them kind of play off each other. It was just the plot was horrible. <laughs> the diner scene was good. Um, at number forty, we have Borat's subsequent movie film, <laughs> which you ranked thirty six and I ranked thirty five. So we're like yeah. right on the mark for that one. Yeah. it was funny yeah it's like i didn't find it as edgy as the first and it felt a lot more scripted obviously because it was Mm -hmm. but it made its point and without i say uh, you know f you rudy giuliani so (laughs) yes yeah okay this next one i am interested to talk about because i feel like we haven't talked about this on the podcast at all um number 39 we have pieces of a woman Mm, the vanessa kirby shia labeouf um which, okay, just a side plot. My old roommate, in all earnestness, called him Shia LaBeouf one day. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. Who is? 
Like, uh, <laughs> what planet do we live in? Like, where My have you been? My dad definitely pronounced it Labouf until we told him. We're like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Shia is a new, a new addition. Mm-hmm. That's cute. so. Anyways, you rank this twenty four. I rank this forty five. I really did not enjoy this movie. I ranked it high. One, first of all, I'm really anti Shia LaBeouf at this point in my life, and it's yes, unfortunate same. because I really believed him when he talked about his growth in um, P. What what was it? I wanted to say Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a much better film, but uh, the one Honey the, Boy, the Honey Boy. Um, so he's not having a great moment and he deserves all the <laughs> negative attention he gets these days. But I will say the opening sequence of this film, which is basically a in real time birth that goes sadly and horribly wrong, was very well done and very triggering and also a very high anxiety in a way horror films tend to be. And I really respected that they were able to pull that off. I watched, I liked her performance a lot and I can see why she's nominated. And, um, I, I really liked that part, her part, even though she was a horrible human being. And I really didn't like how she grieved (laughs) as a character personally, but it was kind of a messy film altogether. It's just like in a series of movies that just left me tired and exhausted and, and bored of film. This one gave me a little bit of hope. It was like, oh, this is what a good performance is. Like, oh, this is a good sequence. Like, I don't know. I, I respected what they attempted. Mostly the whole time I was like, this is why I, I would never have a home birth. I was <laughs> yeah. like, never in a million years. This looks yeah. miserable and yeah. very dangerous. So well, lucky no for you, you, you don't have to worry about that in I know. any way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm very lucky. Um, okay, number 38, another movie I have no idea what this is, uh, Time to Hunt. Oh, yes. So this is another Korean film. Um that was ranked as like five five sci-fi movies you need to see on Netflix right now. So that's like oh, okay. where we were pulling from films at this mm-hmm. point in <laughs> 2021. But it's interesting because this is this is marked as sort of a dystopian heist. It's kind of um it it's technically dystopian because it exists in a world like a few years down the line where um Korea has kind of devolved and and there's not enough like food, money, whatever. And so there, people are trying to find a way out of this major cities and stuff. And so this group of friends decides to pull a heist. And um, and the first half of the movie is really good. It's like a great heist sort of, you know, genre-y film where you have them prepping, you have them doing it, messing things up. Oh my gosh, is it going to work? And then it suddenly becomes a cat and mouse game when the people they stole from decide they're not going to let him go and it then becomes sort of this hunt and so it was a really tight like strong two-thirds of the movie and then it just kind of lost its way there (laughs) (laughs) so it was hard to place because i i really did enjoy it and then it just wasn't as enjoyable um but it was like fun and i feel like good and a reminder to look outside of the U.S. for film options, especially when you're trolling Netflix and there's just a whole lot of bad on there. So it was definitely better than a lot that I saw. There was a lot of good foreign films I thought this year. I mean, a lot of which did not make this list because we <laughs> didn't watch Sorry. them. But there was. Um, at number 37, we have News of the World, the Tom Hanks Western, which I ranked at 25. <laughs> 
I think this is the point of the list for me where I'm so, where we're sort sort of getting into things that I'm like, okay, I actually enjoyed this. I liked this movie. There's something still that you dragged up that I <laughs> hated that we haven't got to yet, but I liked News of the World. It was a good western. Tom Hanks is doing Tom Hanksy things. It was mm-hmm. like fun and interesting enough. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And at 36, another movie that you did not see is On the Rocks, the Sofia Coppola movie with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. And Mm. it's just sort of like a fun little comedy with the two of them, like driving around New York, drinking at different bars. Um, They're sort of like trying to figure out whether Rashida Jones' husband is cheating on her or not. So it's kind of like a little bit of a mystery, but sort of low stakes at the same time. So it was very fun and enjoyable. And I liked it, but not anything like super groundbreaking. Yeah. Okay, in number 35, a movie that I feel like we have discussed and debated several times already on this podcast is <laughs> Emma, which you ranked at 42, which is ridiculous, I and I ranked not. at 21. I did not like this In comparison movie. to all of the just like trash that we watched this year, this like you might not think this made. is a great Emma adaption, but at least it's a good movie. I didn't like it. I like tell me why the bloody nose at the end worked. Tell me why that was a logical choice. Tell See, me. You just, this is tell like me. The most, this is the most nitpicky it's thing not in nitpicky. comparison to these it's movies that are just nitpicky. a disaster. That is the that's the climax of the film. That's the that is meant to be Jane Austen's romantic payoff. That's the moment you're waiting for. And they made a choice to give her a bloody no- nose for no apparent reason. Like that's what I want to know. It's not nitpicking. It's funny. But it's not funny. And the movie, it's still a Jane Austen love story. There's meant to be that nice bow and this, the, you know, the I think you're soaring too close instruments. To this, you're I too am, close admittedly. To it. Yeah. The, the freaking Gwyneth Paltrow, Emma, is all the world needs. So you can have this one, honestly. <laughs> okay. 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 I'll take it. I'll take uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Emma with a period. Yes, Emma with a period. Oh, wait, number 34, we have the other To All the Boys movie, which you yeah. liked more, I guess. Yeah, it was cute. It was dumb because they're like planning their future and they're in high school and it's like whatever. But it featured New York scenes and it was a lot of cutesy like sister stuff. So it was a fun time and a nice wrap up to a an okay trilogy. Every year... I feel like you and I have one movie on the list that is truly like so dumb, but that we both somehow like, and it gets way higher on the list than it should ever, it ever would, such as when we loved the package. And I think this year's version of the package is Work It, the weird Netflix (laughs) dance movie, because here it is at 33. You ranked at 34. I ranked at 27. I freaking love this movie. It was so funny and so just like weird and wacky. It was a good time. Yeah, you loved it more than me, but it was like the good kind of bad. It was it was just funny enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And one slot higher at number 32, we have another Oscar nominee, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which like... Mm was a good movie, but sort of felt exhausting at the same time. Yeah. Where did you have it ranked then? 32. And you okay. had it at 29. So we yeah. were about the same. You were a little higher on it than I was. Yeah. I, I felt like, yeah, it was another one where it was like, honestly, a lot of these Oscar ones are pretty low for me, which I'm sure I'll hear, <laughs> get an earful about in the coming moments. But it was just like, mm, whatever. But I did like some of the performances in this. And um, I don't think it's Oscar worthy. 
but it was like a good film, I guess. <laughs> At number 31, we have The Nest, which was a Jude Law movie that I saw in theaters in Florida oh, wow. back during that weird uh, little blip <laughs> where theaters were open this past summer. This was sort of like, it was a small, like kind of mystery con man sort of film. And yeah. I just enjoyed it. I have it at 22. I probably could have cut this from the list, but I was like, <laughs> you know what? People need to hear about this movie. It was a good I'd time. I never heard of it. So look at yeah, you. Yeah, you should watch it. It's like Jude Law sort of up is a little bit of a shyster, uproots his family and moves them all to England. And they are living in this big, like old kind of creepy mansion and kind of weird things start going on. And it's like, is it supernatural? Isn't it supernatural? Carrie Coon is like a horse trainer. So there's stuff with horses. It's, and it's <laughs> okay. all set in the eighties and there's a really okay, great, like, never mind. Dance it doesn't scene. sound that great. <laughs> it's good. I don't know. You should have just stopped at Jude Law. Okay. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. Number 30. This is surprising for me. Okay. It's freaky, which you brought up on the podcast in a love it or hate it and said it was a good movie. Play so the audio I, clip. So I, I'll go back and find it. No, I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. Um, But you can go back and listen because I was like, oh, Shelby like this. I, I thought it looked a little stupid, but I was planning on watching it. But the fact that you said you'd like that, I was like, I got to watch it for this podcast episode because Shelby will probably rank it high. Then you send me your rankings. You have it at 43. Yeah. I I think what happened is I said, Matt, you'll like this. <laughs> Which I did because I have it at 13. <laughs> yeah. I It was too violent for me. It was really, really, oh, really, was, really graphic. It was great. It, it oh was my God. very The graphic. kills were so good. It was they were, very shocking. Mm-hmm. That I'm wine sure. bottle one at the beginning oh, was so just disgusting. like, wow. It's just too much for me. It's it's not fun to watch a human body go through that for me personally. I don't know what it says about you that you enjoy that, but like maybe you and Army Hammer would like get along. <laughs> <or> <laughs> you could talk about Rude, some similar things. Rude. No, but it was like it was like bodies. a it was like a fun one. But I think ultimately it just like I'd I'd rewatch others before that. But I don't know. Maybe I was too harsh on it. I can't remember it clearly. Like it was a lifetime ago. It's the body swap one with Vince I know what it is. And it was sort of like heartwarming I felt because Hmm. like when when the girl is in Vince Vaughn's body, he like is able to reconnect with like his friends and his mom and stuff in a weird I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, Was it better than Halloween? No, 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 it wasn't better than Halloween. <laughs> Hall- Halloween is great. Yeah. Okay. Um, number twenty nine, we have the lesbian holiday film Happiest <laughs> Season, which you ranked at thirty three. I have at twenty three. I liked it. Oh, wow. I think a little bit more than you did, but yeah, it was also filmed famously in my college town. So oh, I had very more connection cute. to it. Yeah, no, I liked the sister in this. I just ultimately hated the couple. I thought they were really toxic together and and that she should have ended up with Aubrey Plaza. But that's not a hot take. That was a generally accepted what if moment. So it was it was a lot of fun, except for the central couple. (laughs) See, I didn't hate them as much as some people did. I I felt like I could understand what they were doing. Yeah, I don't know. But, okay, number 28, 
I am knocking out the first of your top ten here. I know. Good riddance to <laughs> the White Tiger, which you ranked it eight, and I have it forty-eight. Oh wow, wow! So you just you just hate brown people. <laughs> what's your reasoning i'm curious i found this movie sort of like long and meandery and there was a couple of points where i thought oh okay this is like this is the end of it this is done i'm sorry so what did you rank at mank i ranked and let me go look i ranked mank at 31 i thought mank was better than (laughs) the white tiger that is you didn't even see mank shelby (laughs) you didn't even see mank you didn't even see no i mean i this is is the this is the indian film um Famously, yeah, um, produced by Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, and she got to read the announcement as she read the Oscars. So congrats to her. That's sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just threw this on kind of last minute this week. I literally forgot it was the 2020 film. And I was really pleasantly surprised. I found it really engaging and like entertaining and thoughtful. And I was really invested in the in the character and, and his life and just seeing that that side of India and they made a funny dig at Slumdog Millionaire, which I appreciated. And I just, I enjoyed it. I really thought it was a good film. If you have pet peeve about comedians, I feel like one of my pet peeves is when they turn a book into a movie and they don't really like adapt it so much as just make it exactly like it is. Like when I was watching this, I didn't even know it was a book. And I was like, I bet this is a book because it just feels that way. And I think that (laughs) if you read it, it would... Like, I think in a book format, it works to kind of have these segments that sort of like don't connect with each other. And then in this coming of age story and then it all circles back but in the movie i just it just felt disjointed and long to me i don't know so your problem was the frame story of it no my problem was that it was too that all the right places was true to the book and now you're saying you don't like movies to be true to the book all the bright places (laughs) took a book and made it into a good movie okay. because it like made some changes that made it better in a movie format. Okay. The okay. White Tiger, I think, could have used a little bit of trimming and maybe like right. readjusting things because it felt too much like six separate like stories that were all like in a row rather than something that was more cohesive. I mean, that's the me. that's the thing though. It's a, it's a life journey. So yes, right. exactly, it definitely was. Yes going through an entire life <laughs> yeah but i just found that a little boring yeah okay okay i mean that's fine um i i really did enjoy it and i felt like it was it was another uh chance to watch something outside of our usual like white hollywood history <laughs> moments such as hidden figures or something like green book and you know you get a different Again, taste Shelby, for life i so. did watch a lot of foreign <laughs> films but they are not included on this list okay, so I mean, I don't, hours let's enough. stop hours trying to make me feel like a bad person <laughs> um number 27 we have athlete a which you saw yes. and i did not this is a documentary about the um the i mean i talked about this on our mid-year roundup but it's about like um ali rasmine and all the survivors of that creepy dude who was a creep and um in the gymnastics program oh yeah um larry nasser but yeah and um it's again not like a 
not like the most well done documentary. Like there's a reason that some of these documentaries aren't nominated for Oscars, but it was very informative and humanizing and I think a great subject to to know more about and to to connect with. And it, it was also part of like the Me Too movement really. And so it was a nice um piece. And I think it's on HBO if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. So easy to watch and um and number 26 we have another movie that you sort of dragged up here in the lineup <laughs> quite a bit which is the dc comics birds of prey interesting you have it at 11 i had it at 40 i thought you liked this i did like it but i didn't love it yeah I, yeah i don't know maybe i should have ranked it higher but there was other movies that i like had stuck in my mind as me liking right. more than this one, which sort of faded to the background. Yeah. And I just remember this one having a lot of like weird kind of things going on <laughs> in it that were like, okay. Yeah, no, it is. It is a quirky film. Um, I just, I, it was fun. I've, I haven't gotten around to a rewatch, but it's like one that I keep thinking, oh, that'd be fun to rewatch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another of your top 10, which I did rewatch and disliked it, just as much the second time as the first time, is The Old Guard, which you have at four, and I have at 47. (laughs) It's always so disappointing when you remind me how badly (laughs) your taste is sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I really love that movie. Uh, I think, I mean, this is like number one in my mid-year ranking, I think. I can't quite remember what movies were out by then. Yeah, I remember it was high, and I d- it didn't even make my top <laughs> ten then. So I love it. I I love Charlize Theron. I love the characters. the The premise really works well. I think, even though it's something that you could probably easily poke holes in, they do it in such a smart, clean, like not getting in the nitty gritty of it all. It's just like, oh, this is what's happening, and that that's where they leave it. And I think that's always smart to do when you have a high concept sci-fi sort of angle. Is you don't want to start to unpack it too much because then you kind of uh, point out the holes in your own premise. And I think everyone in this movie does a good job, is having a good time. The action is fun. The characters are unique to this genre, I feel like. So I was all in. I still am. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was whatever. The woman was trapped in a coffin for all five hundred years, and they never were like, "Let's go down and get it." Well, I mean, I guess they, they were did with too. Do yeah. not they, they try. Did, they tried. They tried when, to find it. How are they, you supposed to find it in the middle of an ocean? Think about this, though. They were trying to find her back in like Christopher Columbus days. They were wow, alive for a long time thinking, with the Titanic equipment. Like, if they can <laughs> the find the Titanic, equipment. they should have been able to find this girl. Supposedly, the Titanic, they knew exactly where it went down. Over and over and over. Uh, they knew where they threw this lady off. How hard could it have been? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let, just let the record show that this counts as nitpicking. Okay. I mean, that's one of many problems, but whatever. Okay, (laughs) number 24, a movie that you didn't see but probably should have, is One Night in Miami, which is Mm. Regina King's directorial debut based on a play, so it's a little stagey, but just a really great film about, like, race and celebrity and how those intersect. It's about four famous African-Americans who are all um, sort of, like, in a hotel room together and just 
you know, talking about things and the acting is incredible. And I thought Regina King did a good job directing something that could have been a little bit stiff. And I think she managed to, you know, work it up into a, into a really good movie. So I really liked it. And it's on Hulu or Amazon. It's available to stream somewhere. So you should get on it. Honestly. It was on my list of things to try and get to, but I just didn't. And honestly, but you were like, it's more important for me to rewatch the old guard. <laughs> no, I did One not. This Miami. is when I. This is okay. Mm. That timeline's off, mm. but I did watch okay. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom instead, and I feel like I regret that. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, you could just watch both, Shelby. It's not an I'm either saying, or. This is when you gave me this list a week ago. Like how you had like These thirty movies mo- I hadn't watched. Yeah, I, I had to this, choose. These have been out for a while, Shelby. Like you could have. <laughs> okay, sure. Instead uh, of rewatching all, you know, the same two things seven hundred times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Switch it up a little bit. Okay, at number twenty-three, we have Onward, the Pixar film, which you ranked twenty-seven. I ranked at nineteen. I'm sort of surprised that this got this high in the me too rankings. <laughs> like I liked it, but I'm like, hmm, how'd this get here? Yeah, that's 2020 for you. <laughs> just, yeah, I guess. There's a lot of disappointments that just push things you thought you wouldn't have liked way to the top. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Number 22, we got another one of your top 10 picks. It is Invisible Man, which you have oh. at nine. I had it at 36. I liked this movie, but I didn't yeah. like love this movie. Yeah, this is hard for me because I rewatched it. And I didn't like love it as much the second time because obviously the scares don't get you mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But I do just appreciate what they managed to pull off when no one had any faith in this movie. Like oh, yeah. no one thought this would be good. And they managed to make like a pretty overdone short story or whatever the original content is. And they made it like fresh, interesting, um, relevant. And um, then you have Elizabeth Moss there to just put the icing on the cake. So... I'll say that that opening scene where she's trying to get out of the house is a very good scene. Yeah, there's a lot of good scenes. When she's at the restaurant with her sister, it's like, whoa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah, with the knife. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Okay, number 21. This is is baffling to me. And honestly, this is my own doing. This is my own fault, and I take full responsibility. (laughs) Uh, The octopus teacher, my octopus (laughs) teacher. Which I ranked forty so second, which is appropriate, and she'll no. be ranked second. This it is not is the so second good. best film of the past fourteen months. Shelby, <laughs> yes, it is not. It really just like it really was just a moving experience for me, and it wasn't because I needed to like it to prove you wrong. Like I, I mm. sat down thinking like, okay, I can see why it's weird that this is Oscar nominated. It's just an octopus, but. I don't know what's wrong with your soul or your spiritual (laughs) energy, but like by the end of this movie, I was really like emotional, not just about the specific octopus or his friendship with the human. It was that this like spoke to our, our earth, which we so easily ignore and don't connect with and never marvel at. And it's like the way that octopus work and the way their lives end. I felt that that was so interesting and, and humbling as a human being like what why aren't we sitting here and learning more from like nature like that's just wild how Mm. that wrapped up and you just like are so flippant about it like oh whatever it just died like how can you watch that and not marvel 
at what nature pulls off just by the essence of what the world needs. I'm vi- yes, I'm very impressed by nature. Nature's great. Weather. <laughs> I don't love animals in animal <laughs> movies, and I also didn't like the fact that it's just this like random white guy who has okay. nothing else going on in his life it, it, but to just like go down and hang out with an octopus every day for a year, and then is going to what a like life. tell us what about that. I feel like yeah. it's important. I don't know. I just but that's I what this movie I, I totally get your point. Like I I can see why. The human subject of a documentary matters more to you, like Crip Camp and Collective and whatever else. Like, I, mm-hmm. I understand human lives matter more than octopus, I guess, if yes. you want to get to it. But our problem as a society is that we are so, like, we disregard the planet Earth so easily that I feel like a movie like this is a chance to ground ourselves and reconfigure our ideas of how little quote unquote like nature actually matters because it does like everything's interconnected and like sure this is just about a single octopus but I felt like it did a really it it managed to pull off something unique which was to make us care about something that we can so easily not care about and I feel like it made something that should be important important again because it was like oh, look at this cute octopus. Isn't that fun? And then it just like tangles you up in how, you know, small our lives are compared to these, you know, like prehistoric natural venues that we just think we're so above. So people should watch that and then they should watch Seaspiracy and then they should read Braiding Sweetgrass. And that's my environmental rant of the episode. So I I really liked Honeyland last year, the documentary, which I felt also was a very good uh, movie about not depleting natural resources because it's talking about these bees and how, you know, you sort of have to like treat them a certain way. If you try to overdo it with the bees, then they'll end up dying. And, but that had also a very interesting human subject at the center of it. And to me was much more fascinating than my octopus teacher, but yeah. Well, anyways, agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Number 20, top 20. M- my first top 10 movie to get clipped here is best picture nominee and probably front runner Nomadland, <laughs> which is, you ranked 35 and yeah. I ranked 7th. Yeah. This is by this movie does star Francis McDormand, but it is in no way connected to three billboards outside <laughs> like, Ebbing, Missouri, which I would like everyone to know yet again. Yeah, no. I mean, similarly to how you felt about my octopus teacher which was just like, "Well, oh, it just follows this octopus. It's so boring." I felt kind of like that energy here where it's like these people aren't talking. They're not doing anything with their lives. Like not, not that I'm arguing for a capitalistic, like, Oh, you have to sit down and grind. But I just mean, there wasn't a lot for me to hold on to. Like it didn't, it didn't grip me. And I, I can appreciate that it did for you, but I just, I don't know. It's like, okay, there's pretty scenes of America. It's about people who live out of their cars and drive around and do like migrant work. And, so it is a lot of like driving around America, different beautiful nature shots and, and whatnot. And I feel like if through the first half of the movie, that's basically what it is. And then in the second half, things sort of tie together and you realize that it's actually a very, I felt, touching, emotional story 
about a woman dealing with grief and the loss of her husband and sort of small town America dying and having to grapple with all of these things and just like sort of being unable to. And I found it incredibly moving and I thought it was really well done. And Chloe Zha, who's the director, I think is, has a really unique kind of style of shooting. And I don't know. I just love this movie so much. I found it so um, like lyrical and mm. I'm excited because I think it's going to win best <laughs> picture. And Wait, so I'm what was for this that. for you? This was number seven. Oh, okay. I was, I guess I was going to peg this as number one for you, but now I, now I'm worried. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> now oh, I'm worried. No. It has a sharper stuck. bob and a uh, bright lipstick, but I guess speaking we'll of a sharper that. bob and bright lipstick, number 19 is I care a lot, <laughs> which you have at 37. I have at Four. Okay, okay. I frigging loved this movie. This was a romp and oh so wild and yeah. it's a caper and <laughs> Rosamund Pike is doing all kinds of strange things. Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. But we have a whole episode on it and yeah. Shelby didn't like that they were mean to yeah. old people. <laughs> yes, excuse me. <sighs> but it wasn't a documentary, it was a movie. So, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, Anyways, yeah. okay, we talked about that enough. At 18, we have Tenant, mm. which you have at 30. I have at 11. I okay. like Tenant. Yeah. I rewatched Tenant, and the second time I was you very understood everything with it. after mm-hmm. you read yes. 800 pages yes. of <laughs> other yes. people's mm-hmm. readings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I, mean, I this get is it. It's frankly high for me, but it's because I really liked that, um, that heist scene. So. And Robert Pattinson was good. And you loved Elizabeth Debicki and all of her dialogue <laughs> in the film. You were... If all the children in the world die, that means my child dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, this is 2021. Like, women's motivations can be more than just motherhood. Like, I'm saying that as a mother. Like, I just, no. Okay? Like, I think that's it. Like, good on you for making a female character, Christopher Nolan, but let's do better. Uh. I tenant and the music in tenant. <laughs> oh, while overpowering was good. Um, okay, number seventeen. Another movie that I'm sort of sh- shocked has weaseled its way up this high is Soul, the Pixar yeah. film, which yeah. you have at twenty two. I have at eighteen. It was fine. Yeah, I, I really don't even do remember that much about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like looking back, I'm like, I can see the criticisms of it. I can see the celebration of it. It's just, just like, yeah. It's it's a it's not a great Pixar movie, but it's a good general movie. Mm-hmm. In number sixteen, we have another Best Picture nominee, Judas and the Black Messiah, which mm. you ranked at fourteen. I put at twenty six. I I liked this movie. I thought it was well done. It's and I love Daniel Kaluuya's performance in it, especially. But it's another one of those movies that a, a biopic that I don't know, just like. It felt like very sort of historical to me. You know what I mean? I mean, which it is, right. but it didn't It didn't like move beyond that for me, really. But I liked this one, even though ultimately it doesn't really hold a candle to some other Oscar films from earlier years. But I think the performances really elevated it. In number 15, we have The Assistant, which you ranked at 19 and I ranked at 20. So we're yeah. about on par with that. This was another pre-pandemic movie that yeah. I saw in theaters. Yeah, you talked about it. It's about, a, you know, an assistant to some Harvey Weinstein type of creep who they smartly keep off screen and it's just the day in the life sort of thing. 
it's pretty triggering for anyone who's ever had an assistant role, I'll say. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's not just about like, oh, Harvey Weinstein, like what a creep. What would it be like to work for him? It's really the the microaggressions I felt like that stuck out to me. Like yes. how, how they, the gender role she's forced into as like the only woman assistant having to do all these dishes. Like those sort of scenes really... Ugh reminded me of <laughs> darker times and um, I think it's it was a good good performance all around mm-hmm. number 14 we have the comedy Palm Springs which mm-hmm. I ranked at 29 and you ranked at 10 <laughs> like fun this. it but was yeah. a fun delight it was a surprise I think was also helped mm-hmm. yeah yeah we weren't ex- expecting it to be that good and then yeah. it was fun yeah <laughs> Did we do an episode on Palm Springs? I think so. I think so? I'm sure we must have, because what else was happening at that time? That That's was like true. early COVID. Honestly, yeah. Okay, number 13, we have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which you ranked at 25th. I ranked it at 8th. Oh, I wow. really liked this movie. It's based on a play oh, by <laughs> August Wilson, which so it has a similar vibe to Fences, which is another movie that he wrote. The... The Chadwick Boseman performance and the Viola Davis performances, I thought were just so strong. And as someone who likes things that are literary, to have like so much thick literary dialogue to wade through was something I enjoyed. I watched this with my aunt and she did not enjoy it and was like, what is this movie? So it is not for everyone, I will say. Yeah, it was very much a play on screen like it's like i struggle with that because it just becomes too talky in like a very unnatural way you're like okay chadwick take a breath no one would talk like this in real life Mm -hmm. and i think it works on stage but for some reason it just doesn't work on screen because the scenes are changing like everything feels natural everything's moving you're going with like the 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 like flow of life and real time and then suddenly you're stuck in this monologue that won't end and it just feels like someone realistically would interrupt him and be like hey man (laughs) you okay (laughs) and um i really did love viola davis i think she's just magnetic in this Mm -hmm. i wasn't as like into chadwick boseman i feel like he's done better in different roles and i have to admit okay this is (laughs) embarrassing but i it was kind of like dragging and I was kind of like not into it. And I tested out the the time speed change on Netflix. <laughs> I did it at 1.25 speed. <laughs> I, I didn't so know you could do it. that. I know. It's like, it's truly, I don't want to support that feature because I think you should watch art as it was meant by the artist. Wow. But I did. And you know what? I couldn't tell the difference. It still felt long <sighs> and slow. So... <sighs> I'm sorry. And you're coming for me for not liking the white tiger. <laughs> this is honestly embarrassing for you. Uh, yeah. Okay, number 12. We okay, we all know I freaking love a journalism movie yeah, so I'm much. I'm sorry about this one. I really like, it wasn't intentional. Like I just adore anything that's involved journalism. So the documentary Collective, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think on the podcast mm-hmm. about the uh, Romanian journalists who are investigating the deaths of a bunch of people who were burn victims after a nightclub caught on fire. And it 
is I found I felt like a very harrowing like gripping story and also Mm. a journalism story and also like really sad and I love the Oscar documentaries that get nominated every year that sort of deal with politics in other countries because they're things that I feel like I know nothing about and then it just shows you what it's like to live in these other cultures where things are a lot more corrupt than they are in the U.S., which is pretty corrupt already. And so I was just obsessed with this movie. I ranked it number two. It was one of my favorite things I watched this year. You ranked it at 28. But honestly, I'm not begrudging it. It was sort of a strange (laughs) film. Well, this is what's weird to me, too, is halfway through the movie, it's suddenly not a journalist movie. It starts following the politician. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. I yes, but it's like following the same it was story. Very confusing but, to me. I was like, "Wait, who is this guy? Are we rooting for him? Where did the journalist go?" It was just kind of an abrupt about turn. And then on top of it, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It just it just felt weird to suddenly have this like. It it just felt like a different movie, and I was confused. You never brought that up or acknowledged that. <laughs> But I mean, it's still like following the same plot line. Yeah. It's just, it's like once the journalists have found the information, then it's like, well, what do the politicians do with it? And so right. it's sort of about this like young upstart politician who's like battling this corrupt system. And the journalists are sort of like helping and pop in from time to time. But yes, it does go from like the journalists are the main characters to all of a sudden now this like new director of health and safety or whatever is the main person. But And I mean, one of the most provocative things about this documentary I felt like was the parallels to our own country. And the end mm-hmm. is sort of like the the extremist party they didn't think had a chance suddenly wins and it's like kind of hopeless. And I was like, wow, <laughs> we used to spend this whole movie being like, well, well, we're so much better than yes. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, espe- and especially because this movie was made pre COVID, but it's yeah. all about the healthcare system and sort of what happens when the government doesn't handle a, a public health crisis well. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, parallels yeah to like how the trump administration didn't really deal with covid very well especially in the beginning of it when they could have you know saved a lot of lives and it was sort of reminiscent too of the edge of democracy the like brazilian netflix Mm. documentary from last year which had a similar situation going on in brazil i think that all around the world there was um I don't know, like a weird swing of nationalism, which I'm sure is connected to something or another, but not great. But I liked (laughs) the movie. Okay, number 11, just barely not making it into the top 10 is the HBO movie slash is it a movie (laughs) or a TV show? Uh, Bad Education, which we both ranked at number 15. Oh, cute. We did a whole episode on this. We really liked it. It was a fun movie. Yeah, it, it unraveled well. Yes. Okay, number 10 is a movie that I have not seen. It is On the Record, which you have at number six. Yeah, I talked about this in our mid-year roundup, but it's the it's the documentary on the Me Too movement in the music industry. And um, I just thought it was a really interesting side of the story. It highlights um, women of color more than the traditional like white women stories we see in the Me Too movement. So I thought it was good. I... I found it really insightful and interesting and, and I'd recommend it to anyone. <laughs> okay. 
This is honestly my proudest moment in this entire podcast. Um, at number nine, a movie that we got into our top ten is Eurovision Song Contest colon the song the no oh, the story ouch. of Fire Saga. I know I screwed it up. Um, ugh, this movie is so good. I've listened to the soundtrack like hundreds of times on Spotify. Wait, so is this number one for you? <laughs> no, this was actually number 12 for me. And number oh, 16 wow. for you. But I'm so glad that it got in here. Yeah. Uh, just what a blessing. What yeah, a yeah, blessing ding of dong. A film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding dong. And Oscar, Oscar nominee. <laughs> this could win. This could be an Oscar yes. win. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Oh my gosh. I'll be, I'll be saying my prayers every night until then. <sighs> okay, number eight. A real late breaker. A real dark horse to have made it this far uh love and monsters the movie that we did (laughs) spawn for (laughs) yeah that we finally both watched like this week so good for us (laughs) this was very fun it's like dylan o'brien at the end of or the world's inhabited by all these monsters Mm -hmm. he's in love with or he's been living in a bunker for like six years he's in love with this girl who's living in a different bunker and he has to travel like 85 miles on foot through monster infested territory to go meet his girlfriend (laughs) and it was just really funny i thought it was really sweet and heartwarming at parts Mm -hmm. i thought the monsters were kind of fun i like there's a dog the whole oh the dog the do- everything about this was good and it was yeah. so unexpected i think that was the well, part of it i called it i mean monster movies are my jam and i but i watched it before you and then i was the one who texted you and was like <laughs> shelby you should watch this you'll like it i'd always wanted to watch it i just didn't have access okay access. but i'm a big dylan o'brien fan so i'm glad to see him him making some solid choices here <laughs> In number seven, we have a movie that you didn't see, Let Them All Talk, which is also a movie oh, wow. you probably wouldn't like that much. I rank this number five. I really oh, like this wow. movie. This is Meryl Streep on a cruise ship with Lucas Hedges and Gemma Chan, and she's like oh. a a novelist, and it's very <laughs> okay. talky. So, yes. <laughs> okay, I see. I honestly thought you highlighted this on your list for me to watch as a joke. I thought you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. But uh, this movie got very little attention for whatever reason. Uh, for I whatever reason, you really think <laughs> there's no reason you can think of? There's a lot of big names in this. <laughs> Candace Bergen is in it. It's funny. Yeah. And it's it was all shot on a cruise ship. Like, who doesn't love that? It's oh. also an improv movie where it's like oh, okay. they gave all of the actors like general notes of what was supposed to happen in the scene. And then they just had to kind of go with it. Okay. Which I feel like has a realness to it that yeah, maybe somebody totally. yeah, like, Okay. So Anyways, awesome. number six, another movie that you didn't see. My number three movie is Oscar Best Picture nominee, The Father, which oh. is the Alzheimer's uh, drama starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. And you would think that that would be a very like dry, dusty, dark, depressing film. <laughs> And that's yeah. sort of what I thought it was going to be going into it. But I saw it with a couple friends in theaters. We were the only people in the theater here <laughs> in New York. And it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And such an interesting way to depict Alzheimer's. And very fascinating. Both Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins are giving incredible acting performances. Like so, so good. 
And I really think that people would like that. I mean, everybody who I know who has seen it or and even like people on podcasts are like, I thought this was going to be terrible. I thought this was going to be so depressing. And it was something I never expected and much more interesting and fascinating and heartwarming than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. And so I really would recommend watching this. I don't know if it's out on a streaming platform yet. It might only still be in theaters, but it was very good. I really enjoyed it. It just sounded so depressing. That's what I thought too. But it was <laughs> like if you're if you if you're watch if you're like okay, let me see if I can watch a couple more like Oscar things before the Oscars. I would say watch this because it was very good. I really liked it, and I think that you would also like it. It was very well done. Okay. Okay. But okay, number five, top five, baby. We have oh aptly to five bloods, which oh. I ranked at fourteen and you ranked it at five. Yeah, you decided you don't like this movie anymore. It's fine. <laughs> I ranked it at 14. That's still pretty high, Shelby. Yeah, no, I, I stand I by my original love. I love it as much as love I loved it originally. Um, I, think, I think it was robbed of a few prime opportunities for awards, but it's fine. I'm not salty about it. I think this must be a typo on this next one because it's Sound of Metal. Yeah. Which you ranked at number three, but I have that I ranked it at 16. But I I like this movie more than I like to Five Buds. This must be some. Anyway, Sound of Metal. Oh my maybe, gosh, maybe Matt's the math, math is wrong. off. Maybe my math this was This whole wrong. episode is ruined. Okay, we're going to have to go back, re record it. Sorry, Shelby. Are you free um, tomorrow night? Wait, so you did like Sound of Metal? I did like Sound of Metal. Yeah, I really I liked it. It was really good. It was really I, good. It Riz surprised Ahmed me. was really great. Um, uh, uh, Olivia, what's her name? The oh, I don't know. Girl, she's from her. she's from Bates Motel, and she's so good in Bates Motel. Oh, she's yeah, the girlfriend in this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but this is the uh, drummer who goes deaf and has to kind of mm-hmm. learn to adapt and live with that. It, it went in a totally different direction than I thought. I thought it was going to be like Whiplash, where a guy yeah. can't let go of his obsession, and it's more just pivoting to. I don't know, acceptance and, and <laughs> slowing down your life. And I thought it was really a really good look at the deaf community. I was reading reviews on it. Some some of them loved it. Some of them hated it. Um, they did try with representation. Obviously, Riz Ahmed is not deaf, but there was a lot of actors from the deaf community playing sort of the smaller roles. Um, and I appreciated that effort, but I recognized that they feel they still have a while to go and I can honor that too. Um, but ultimately I felt like it really did kind of give insight into a world that is sometimes just kind of ignored or even as this movie kind of explores, um, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on, Oh, well get your colloquial implants and like move on out of it and like blah, blah, blah. And I think this really does a good job of, of showing that, controversy and kind of highlighting i don't know how how to embrace this this new normal without claiming it as a disability Mm -hmm. yeah it was very it was very well done and i thought that yeah what i thought it was going to be it wasn't and then even sort of within the movie i thought it pivoted a couple of times really nicely Mm -hmm. and yeah the performances were were great and the sound design was incredible mm-hmm. like i think this is definitely going to win the sound oscar but they do this really cool thing where 
like sometimes you're hearing from Riz Ahmed's perspective. So there's like either a ringing or it's sort of muffled or whatever as he is going through his hearing loss. But then it'll sort of like the camera will swing around and then you'll start hearing the scene from like the other people's perspective. Mm -hmm. It was very well done on that point and very creative. And I was like, this, this is the innovation that I love to see. Yeah. I mean, controversial opinion, but I'd really, I really think he deserves the Oscar. (laughs) I'm sorry to Chadwick Boseman, but this year's I really felt like it was good. This year's best actor field is so strong because Anthony Hopkins was good. Chadwick Boseman was good. Riz Ahmed was good. We'll get to Minari, but Stephen Young was very good in that. Really Gary Oldman in Mank is the only one that I'm (laughs) like, okay, we get him done without that. (laughs) Okay. Mm. Number three is the little comedy that could. We have Dating Amber. The Irish film, which you recommended, you you I did. pulled it off. You recommended I did. a movie I actually liked. Ah! Congrats! I'm so proud. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how you could dislike this movie. It's it so sweet. sweet. It's about these two Irish high school students. One of them is played by the evil boyfriend in Normal People, but he's very nice in this. And um, so it's a lesbian and a and a gay kid and they're in high school and they don't want to come out. So they pretend that they're dating each other. And it's just like very heartwarming and mm-hmm. sweet and funny and sad at the same time. And yeah, it was just like such a joy to watch. And I've recommended that I heard about this on a podcast and I was like, oh, I'm not really doing anything. Like, let me watch this movie. And I loved it so much. And I've recommended it to so many people. And everyone's like, that was such a good movie. Like, yeah. thank you. I never heard about it, but it was such a joy. It so gave me like similar this. energy from Sing Street, which is another one I just yeah. love and delight in. So obviously not a musical, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love this movie so much. Okay, number two. We have Shelby's number one pick of the year. Aww. It is Promising Young Woman. Yes. So that means what? It's like number five for you? It's number nine for me. Ouch. Uh, been but I did love it. Pieces? Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest thing piece I've seen about this is that it's somehow cop propaganda. Which I'm like, what? Oh, because the cops come at the end. <laughs> yeah, but they so they're like pro cops. Do their job, like until it no yeah, that's longer the whole point. mattered. Like it's like yeah. what? So, anyways, I can recognize the criticisms of this film being like sort of trauma porny or whatever. Like I can see why it's difficult for people who have been through sexual trauma to watch or enjoy this movie. I I recognize that there's room for discussion here, but ultimately, it really spoke to me. I thought it was a really smart clever interesting way to take on um rape culture and i i really admire everyone involved in it and i think it it pulled it off in a in a remarkable way so i'll also remind you that i was the one who last year no you claimed and gave it a higher (laughs) ranking during the preview episode. So really, this is two movies now in <laughs> no, a row no, that no, I have no. guided you, you towards. You got to pick which ones you'd talk about first. That's the only yeah, reason. Yeah, but I said it would get a higher score on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> okay, than you did. Fair. So that's you fair. didn't have, you have little faith. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, that brings us to our number one movie, which is my number one movie of the year, Minari. Mm, which, you win yet again. I know. Your math. Uh, hmm, suspect. <laughs> 
<laughs> you ranked it number seven. I had yeah. it at number one. This is the movie starring Stephen Yun about a Korean family who decides to buy land in Arkansas, Alabama, mm-hmm. somewhere Arkansas. in the south. And, they're be- and they decide they're going to become farmers. And so they move out there and it's them trying to, you know, interact with the community uh and it's it's a very sweet like family drama as well and i think really does a good job at highlighting like what it means to be american or live in america for people who aren't you know white people who were born here necessarily yeah but how that like dream can translate to other groups of people as well and just the writing is really good it was written and directed by um lee isaac chung who uh, it's like loosely based on his childhood and mm-hmm. growing up and what his family went through. And it's just like the music is beautiful. The shots are beautiful. The acting is really good. It's funny. It it's sweet. Yeah. It has cute kid. Oh, I loved it so much. It was good. I'm I'm glad this is your favorite. I, I really was worried it would be I care a lot. <laughs> I mean, I did love I Care A Lot, and I Care A Lot was my favorite at some point, but I watched Minari after that and was like, okay, Minari's better. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, yeah. and it'll probably beat out The White Tiger for the Oscar, so you're welcome. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> well, there we go. That's there the we list. Go. This, I think this episode is shorter than usual, so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And the fun thing is, is that next year's list, we only have 10 months worth of movies to watch, two of which have basically passed already, and I've only watched three movies. So oh, perfect. So we're going to just blaze be, through it yeah. next year. <laughs> Breezy. Yes. Awesome. No, I mean, it's a weird year, and it's sort of a weird Oscar season. It'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. Um, I I don't remember. Like, They're not doing a host, right? They're not doing a host. There's like multiple locations yeah. that people can go, but it's all live, I think. Yeah. Like it's not Zoom. People have to go in person. Okay. And so we get dresses? Yes, I think so. Gee, a red carpet. And they're, a part of it's outside. Like I think some people are in <laughs> the theater, but then a, I think all the nominees are at some like outdoor train station or something i don't know it's gonna be interesting (laughs) to watch hopefully it's better than the golden globes which were disaster fingers crossed but that'll be a fun episode and um until then you can obviously find us on our socials tell us what you think of our rankings if we got our top movies wrong i don't know like justice for project power i guess but um (laughs) you can message us at psu wrong on instagram twitter or at psu wrong at gmail.com and um, obviously, we also have merch for you to check out. So you can find that link in our episode notes. Um, anything else? We're doing a giveaway. Oh, yes. A giveaway. That's exciting. Um, so more to come there. Um, Got to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about the Oscars. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> So we'll see you then, and yeah, stay tuned for next year when we do the 2021 (laughs) rankings. Bye, guys.